friends, are you ready for the party? Yeah. I said, are you ready for the party? It's a glorious three-hour finale. You got a minute and a half. <gasps> w Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 671, and together we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, videos, books, audio tours, blog, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. So we're going to do some armchair imagineering this week as we share our top 10 ideas for a themed dining experience in Walt Disney World which could be based on a movie, show, attraction, character, or theme. I'll then have our Disney trivia question of the week, your voicemails, and more updates at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. I've said for years that attractions are just things to pass the time in between dining experiences in Walt Disney World. And I say that half-jokingly, but not only do I love so many of the culinary delights that the parks and resorts have to offer, but there seems to be this continuing trend towards not just delicious dining, but well-themed dining as well. So this week, we're going to do a little armchair imagineering of our own and share our top 10 ideas for a themed dining experience in Walt Disney World. And when you hear Top 10, you know that Tim Foster from Guide to the Magic and Celebrations Magazine has to be, doesn't have to be, but is going to, at least for this week, be part of the conversation. Tim, my friend, welcome back. Well, it's nice to be invited. It is. Thanks, it, buddy. <laughs> it is always good to, I don't actually get to see you, but it's good to hear you. No, and it's been far too long. It has been too long. Yeah. Um, Said no one ever, but it is. I, I do Said believe no one ever. that it's been far too long. Speaking of far too long, <clears throat> excuse me, we have a uh, a returning guest to join us here on a top 10. Back once again is Daniel Roberts. He is a longtime listener, friend, and owes over a generous contributor to our Dream Team project, which benefits Make-A-Wish. Daniel, welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Lou and Tim. So nice to be back with you guys. Um. This is my eighth top 10. And as I always say, that Lou is the godfather. He's like Johnny Carson. Tim is like a Jay Leno, uh, David Letterman. And that makes me uh, the Joan Rivers of the trio. Wait, what? I, I was really wondering where you were going. Right. Yeah, I don't know where I was going. But I love being back. I love the dream team. I love all the work that Lou does, um, the choose the good. And I think I wrote Lou this, but. I have a, uh, in the morning, I have a face cream or something 
that my wife got me called The Good. So I'm choosing it every morning, and I think of Lou every morning. It's called The Good. It's great. It's creepy on so many levels, which is why I'm going to move past this conversation very, very quickly. So, Daniel, this was your idea, and I think this is going to be fun and really let us flex some of our creative muscles. And then at the end, I'm going to ask you, our friend, the listener, to share your idea for a themed restaurant. But before we get into lists, as, as I said, I think we're seeing this growing, wonderful trend towards truly themed and often, in, in some cases, interactive dining experiences, whether it be Be Our Guest, Docking Bay 7, Oga's Cantina, Skipper Canteen. And I think it even you know goes back to some of the quote-unquote classics in Walt Disney World, like Sci-Fi Dine-In, Primetime Cafe, even something like Brown Derby, that all have that that essence of experiential theme dining. And I just saw what they've done and been able to do on places like the Star Cruiser, which I think is going to usher in that, this, this next generation of theme dining on so many levels. But I want to start with a question for the two of you that you didn't know was coming. I'll do ah, Tim first, then Daniel. Where in Walt Disney World do you think currently has the best themed dining? Or it could be Walt Disney World or Disneyland. The best themed dining experience and why? What what makes it that? You know, I worked so hard on this, making notes, doing research. I didn't know there was a quiz coming. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a hard question. While you were thinking about it. I don't well, know. Talk, I will yeah, tell you, I went about. to the I went I went to the. Uh, <laughs> Believe it or not, for the first time in forever, went to the Primetime Cafe when I was there last, which is a lot of fun. I will tell you, I color myself disappointed, I will say, because I put my elbows on the table all through the meal and I did not get yelled at once. And I wanted to so bad. I even made a point of banging my elbows. But I'm kidding. That's such a great experience, though. Um I uh, haven't done it yet, but I can't wait to get to dine in Space 220 because that seems right up my alley as far as theme dining goes. But uh, uh, so there's a lot I'm looking forward to that I haven't done yet. So I'm going to put my preemptive vote on that. Daniel? I would say, as we spoke before, that I was recently in Disneyland, that the Blue Bayou, for me, I don't know to the extent it's theme themed, but and it ties in with um, one of my uh, selections for the top 10, but the fact that you can sort of see part of the ride um, and that the food itself and the atmosphere ties into the ride is to me incredible. Um, so I would go with Blue Bayou. It's sort of, I think Disneyland's answer to the San Angel Inn in terms of lighting, atmosphere, um, proximity to a ride. Yeah, it's interesting, both of your answers, because for me, it's sort of a little bit of a combination of both, because, Daniel, I agree. I think a lot of the World Showcase restaurants are, you know, de facto very well-themed. But, Tim, I also agree with you in terms of Space 220 and the storyline and the immersion, this this idea of taking this space elevator up, how your story sort of begins before you even step foot onto the restaurant itself. But I want to get into the list it, itself. And Daniel, because this is yours, we'll start with you and then Tim. I want to know what's on your list. And as much 
as you you're, you're like to or able to sort of come up with, what does this restaurant look and feel like? Maybe what does it serve in it? And what factors do you feel contribute to making these, you know, put putting these on your list and making these restaurants so attractive? So Daniel, Tim, and then I'll go. Okay, great. Um, my first, my number one, I'm taking you, you lads over to Frontierland. Now, Splash Mountain is going to undergo a transformation to become Princess and the Frog themed. I know how much Lou adores Cajun Creole New Orleans cuisine. So I am going to create Tiana's River House inside oh, yeah. of Splash Mountain. Now, here's the, here's the thing. You will board your log flume ride vehicle. There will be a reservation-centric vehicle. If you have a lunch or dinner reservation, after the splash and after you are serenaded with zippity Duda, your ride vehicle will separate on a different track and you will enter low country, the bayou. It will feel similar to Disneyland's uh, Pirates, the caves in the beginning, that type of serene, but slightly creepy vibe. It's dark, uh, it's atmospheric, and you will end up, also there'll be a human-sized dryer just in case you got wet during the ride. I was gonna um, ask you about that. <laughs> right, that was my first concern. Is coming into, <laughs> yeah. Are the complimentary towels? <laughs> there will, yes, and apologies to Chapek and the shareholders for bottom line uh, complexities, but <laughs> you will um, enter into this beautiful New Orleans low country uh, restaurant, swampy, wonderful, um, think uh, Cajun food, Think Jambalaya, Lou's beloved beignets. It will be really cozy um, and have that feel again of the, the cave scenes, which I love in, um, in the beginning of Disneyland Pirates. Um, and if you book a lunch or dinner reservation, you get a lightning lane for free. Hmm. There you nice. go. Um, so that is my first idea is to have because I don't think there's any Cajun or Creole restaurants in the parks. I know there are in the resorts, but I don't think there are in the parks. And given the given um, the reiteration of Splash Mountain into Princess and the Frog, I think it would be perfect. So I love this. And I it's actually something similar to this was number two on my list. So oh, great or crazy minds think alike. Daniel, indulge me and, and maybe let me, maybe we could marry our two ideas because my concept for a Princess and the Frog themed or inspired restaurant was instead of sort of the literal being in the bayou, I thought more Tiana's place, right? I want sort of her dream to come true and us to be able to live in it. And I actually know exactly where I would put it and it's not in the parks. I would put Tiana's place in Paddlefish, in Disney Springs. So it actually makes a lot of sense because you've got this riverboat. This was actually supposed to be part of what was going to be a New Orleans-themed riverside hotel shopping dining area. If you go back and listen to 
I don't know what episode it was. We talked all about what this concept was going to be. But the reason why this paddle wheel steamboat is here is because this was going to be tied to the New Orleans theme hotel. So now you've got Tiana's place in this incredibly well-themed rear steam wheel paddle wheeler. Um, we've seen a Tiana's Place-ish inspired restaurant on the Disney Wonder, which I love. You've got that water side there already. I agree with you. The Creole, the Cajun food ties into the Splash Mountain update. Because of the size and the location of the venue, the indoor and outdoor spaces, you could have jazz music as well. I would, in a heartbeat, um, I think this restaurant would do absolutely incredible. And I think, of all the ones on my list, this is one that I think could actually be a real possibility. Yeah, yours is way more practical than mine. Uh, <laughs> and, and you don't get I, wet. I mean, if you get wet at Tiana's place, something's wrong. But <laughs> Right, yeah. I, 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 I mean, the complexity of having uh, ride vehicles that bifurcate in a track after you're wet and go into a Cajun restaurant, it's a little tricky. Yours, is, yours makes a little more sense. Well, I would love, I mean... If, and for my list, I did try and be as relatively practical as possible. Like, where could these things go in the current footprint as it sits? And then obviously being considerate of, you know, location, engineering, and, and finances. Makes sense. I, I It would be great. I think yours could actually happen and actually should, you know. Mine will probably not happen. But I love the idea of, I just love the idea of, you end a ride at a restaurant themed uh, like the ride. This would be so cool for me. Tim, what's on your list? I love it. See, now I, uh, before I do this, I'm going to, I approach this This is where Tim says, I completely thought of something different than all of you guys. I I thought you meant something else. So (laughs) now I was going to say, as far as your, your thought about where is it more practical at Paddlefish or more practical at Splash Mountain? So whenever we do these kinds of things on our podcast, we do, we're playing Imagineer. I always say we're playing more on the imagination side of Imagineering. The engineering side, we have engineers. They can figure (laughs) out how we're going to put that five-story thing on 200-foot stilts in the middle of World Showcase. That's not my problem. That's someone else's problem. So I'm saying that before I get to anything on my list, because you're probably going to say, how in the world are you going to do anything like that? (laughs) But this first one should be easy. I feel like we probably all thought of this right away. But um, my first one, hands down, would be a haunted mansion. I knew it. I knew it. I, I could have bet money on it. <laughs> I think we all had soon. I didn't even finish reading the idea. And this was the first thing I thought of. But <clears throat> I mean, obviously, this can be uh, the dining room would be themed after the ballroom, the decor, the place settings, the dried flowers everything and i'm i'm thinking you could have the, the idea being there's you could have a story behind it that you're you've joined the 999 happy haunts for the swinging wake and whatever it fits so well in with the story of the haunted mansion that's a good part it's not really a stretch to get there this just makes total sense that you're part of this and i'm thinking you could take a lot of the effects that you see in the haunted mansion put them to work in the restaurant the, the peppers ghosts the projections all of that kinds of things to make it look like, uh, you know, ghosts are flying around above you. Maybe every, every once in a while they come out to greet you like uh, another franchise. It doesn't 
have a place in Disney, but in Harry Potter, when all the ghosts came out in that first in that first movie to say, hello, how are you? And maybe you have Madame Leota in her crystal ball as the centerpiece in the middle of the restaurant, telling you stories and inviting you along. Eerie eyes in the wallpaper. One of those effects that we love that came in with the um, refurbishment. I was going to say recent refurbishment, but it's been quite a while, actually. So, um, But you can have so much fun with the visual effects and the decor. Um, the staff can be in their servant costume just like they are when they greet you. You can have fun with it uh, either all the time or just as a lunch or breakfast. Introduce some villain character dining while you're at it. Um, make it an experience. Maybe not for dinner, but could be a nice lunch thing or something like that. Um, I was thinking about the menu. And I, I didn't really get into the menu a whole lot on all this, like specifically planning out the dishes. But I was thinking for this menu, you could borrow a lot from uh, one of the events that we went to that we absolutely loved was the villains after hours uh, party that they have. And, the, and most of the fun we had was going around and trying the food. Uh, we we had the paint painting the roses, red cheesecake for dessert. Oh, my gosh. Hearts on fire, fruit punch. The poor, unfortunate souls float. And my favorite and my daughter, we walked all over, finally found it at Casey's. Not so sure this would fit the bill of a gourmet dinner selection. But how can I, you go I wrong you with there? Gourmet. Gourmet. Ah. You see what I did there? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you can't go wrong with the Hades hot dog or the Hades nachos. <laughs> And 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 maybe you make a gourmet burger gourmet burger out of this, but uh, the Hades hot dog. If you didn't have it, this was a hot dog with hot sauce and everything else. But it had a black bun, not a blackened bun. It was black. It's a black bun. I actually saw a recipe of how to do that. So uh, very cool. Not only was it you know hot and spicy and but it had that ghoulish look, and uh, you know. So I think there's so much fun you could have with a Haunted Mansion-themed restaurant. And I kind of went into this one thinking you all probably had it on your list. So I thought this would be a great one for all of us to talk about and because you probably all had your own ideas about it. So take it away. I'm not going to add too much. It very much was on my list. Um, dining in the ballroom, a lot of exactly what you talked about. The only place that I would sort of divert from your concept is... I would sort of eliminate some of the character and IP themed foods and I would very much put you into the mansion story like a Space 220, like a Star Cruiser. When you sort of cross that threshold and even every aspect of the storytelling experience very heavily themed towards the mansion. And and I think there's a lot of mansion story to pull from, especially with... Um, you know, the, the attractions, whatever movie eventually is going to come from the mansion, um, comics, etc. And I think you can make this sort of, like the mansion itself, this combination of Mark Davis, whimsy and fanciful and fun, yet just almost on the edge, a little bit scary in terms of the dining experience itself. Um, I would not have it include anything, quote unquote, from the outside world, but very much put you into the idea that you are dining in Master Gracie's mansion. Absolutely. 
Um, I, when I, of course, it was on my list as well. And I thought, you remember, you guys remember a show called Tony and Tina's Wedding? It used to be popular in New York where there were characters, you were at a wedding and marriage, for better or worse, seems to be the, the prevailing theme of the Haunted Mansion with Master Gracie, Emily, etc. that you are at a wedding banquet and your servers are also uh, cast member actors who, you know, they're, they're telling you a story as they serve you uh, lunch or dinner about that there's some strange, <laughs> some bad actors, as they say, no pun intended, uh, in the house. And you are in that turn of the century um, New England uh, mansion. You are being served food that is authentic from that time, lobster and maybe pot roast, things of that nature. And you are totally part of the story. And I also thought, it, as far as the scary elements, the whimsy is the, the cast member serving you. The scary could be that at certain points there is darkness, uh, you hear thunder, and Madame Leota pops up somewhere above you and tells you that uh, things are a little shaky here in this mansion. And uh, this, this matrimony uh, might not last. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure anybody who's listening probably does has to have some sort of a mansion derivation themed restaurant on their list. So kudos to both of you. For me, when I started to sort of brain dump my list, I was very happily surprised at what came out first and maybe the one that I'm not only most excited for, but could really be an actual possibility. I, I like ideas where they might actually come to fruition. I don't think this is much of a go with me here, but inspired by the recent film, what do you think of the Madrigal family Colombian kitchen? Ooh. And think about this in a Colombian pavilion in World Showcase, even someplace like Fantasyland, where much like the film itself, it takes inspiration from real Colombian towns. Like I know Barrichado was sort of the inspiration here where you can not just show the, the Madrigal family, but the diversity of Colombia, where it's not just you know, Medellin and, and Bogota, but there's indigenous people as well. And the food has such a wide spectrum of flavors. I had a very long relationship with someone whose family was from Colombia, so I, I have some firsthand knowledge and experience in this. Um, but depending on where you are in Colombia, there's indigenous foods and African and Caribbean and, and um, indigenous and and you know, uh, um, even European and Middle Eastern type food inspiration. So I'm thinking that the rice and the avocado and the plantains and the cassava and the arepas and buñuelos, the type of food that they can serve would be amazing. But I love the idea of being in the Madrigal family's kitchen. Like you have, think of almost um, in, in Italy, uh, Via Napoli, where you're sort of in this, big dining room almost as if you're in someone's house and it has that giant table in the middle that's almost how i imagine dining in the madrigal family's kitchen would be and that would be the theme that you are 
a guest that's being invited over and welcomed into this truly magical and special and probably oh-so-delicious smelling place. The food, the colors, the music, all of this tied in together, maybe with a little sprinkling of magic, special effects here and there. Day one, sign me up for for Madrigal Family Colombian Kitchen. As long as you take me, I'm in. Yeah. I love it. So, Daniel, we're back to you. Now I'm hungry. Okay. Um, My mother-in-law is from Uruguay, and I would love, um, I think that it would be great to sort of uh, disabuse guests of the notion that South American food equals Mexican food, because they're quite starkly different. And the flavors of, man, the flavors of of Colombia, and you spoke of um, all the, the different ethnic influences extraordinary like it's so complex i don't know where to start but i would i'll i'll be there with you i'll be holding hands with you guys <laughs> um all right my my number two is the marceline express in homage Ooh. to walt disney himself this will occur somehow some way i'm sort of i'm like tim in that i'm letting Lou and Chapek figure out the details. So um, (laughs) this will occur in uh, uh, Main Street, USA. It is a rail, it is a train themed, railroad themed restaurant. You enter and similar to another amusement park in Orlando where a bespeckled Baroque nerd also has a train experience ride. (laughs) that connects to places outside your window, you will see virtually the countryside outside of Main Street USA, which will be based upon uh, Marceline, Missouri, where uh, Walt grew up, was born. You will have conductors. It will be a 45-minute experience. Outside, you will see the passing countryside. It will take place um, turn of the century. The cast members will be dressed appropriately. You will receive um, a collectible lunch pail. Uh, it'll be catered by Earl of Sandwich. You choose a sandwich, very simple, and a beverage. It'll be beer, um, cocktails in a can, water, lemonade, etc. Um, you get to keep your lunch pail. They are will all be different. Um, you start and you stop. You get off. You hear all aboard and you get to your station, when you exit, you're back in Main Street, USA. It's totally rail. You'll feel the bumps along the way. It'll be very soothing. Um, Outside, there'll be scenes, again, of the countryside. And when you alight back in Main Street, USA, you'll feel like you've traveled some distance. You will have been fed. You will have been entertained, and there will be informative videos or or a movie or something about Walt Disney's love of trains uh, to entertain you along the way. I love it. I dig every part of it, man. I I feel like I'm not going to really have a lot of time to eat because I'm going to be crying so much. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love that idea. Tim, what what is next on your list? Well, I'm I'm glad uh, Daniel did that one because my next one 
<laughs> I wasn't sure which one to go next, but I'm going to go with this because it kind of piggybacks onto his a little bit. And there's a lot of moving parts in this one. So you guys might need to help me out with some particulars, but I'm thinking ahead to uh, we've had our 50th anniversary, of course, the big one. Epcot's coming up on its big birthday of 40 years. And I thought it would be cool. Um, and we could do this in Epcot somewhere, but have a restaurant that really puts you in what would have been Epcot the city, as if that city actually existed and Walt Disney was able to pull it off and we're there. And I'm thinking it can be, you're kind of mixing a bunch of things together. The idea of, of the city and you're there, the world's fair, the world showcase elements of what would have been that city. It would tie in with all the anniversaries that are, uh, have come and are coming up. So, you know, within the restaurant, uh, it could be themed as if you're in the city. I was kind of stuck on a time and place for this because in my, in my head, I, I really want to go back to those, to the to the 60s in that era, kind of the same vibe you get when you would see Walt Disney's office in One Man's Dream and you're kind of back in the day. It's not the future, but it's kind of retro cool still. But maybe outside the windows, uh, we have uh, views of this of the city and you could see how it would have worked. You see the people movers moving around and uh, and all sorts of things. Uh, we could pick up on some of the theme from the 64 New York World's Fair and what it had in keeping with the World's Fair idea of what Epcot was going to be and what future world sort of became. And we can bring back some decor and theming from It's a Small World and Carousel of Progress and the Ford Magic Skyway, even great moments with Mr. Lincoln having uh, and showing the cars and people movers from the Magic Skyway in particular. Uh, maybe even bring back the Tower of the Four Winds sculpture as a centerpiece or something out front of this restaurant. And, and again, the whole idea is it just takes you back to if that city did exist, this is what it would be like to be dining in the heart of this great metropolis. And as far as food, I didn't really get that far with it, but I was looking at what they were serving at the World's Fair. A lot, lot of food at the 64 World's Fair, I will tell you. But, but did you know that the sangria was introduced to America at the World's Fair, as were Belgian waffles? So I think those can be a mainstay. Um, hmm. One thing they had, though, which was cool, that they, they had a sandwich garden at the 64 World's Fair, which had it was a buffet with uh, selections from countries from all around the world. So why not do that same thing with World Showcase? Because short of food and wine festival, it's not really a good place in one spot to kind of sample everything. So this would be a great opportunity to do it since they were going to have an international bizarre market area in Epcot, the city that was on the drawing board. So this would be a great way to play homage to that and, and to bring it back so we could all experience what might have been. This is interesting because it, it touches on the nostalgia and sentiment of fans that that love not just the world's fair but disney's connection to it while still being sort of forward thinking i was trying to picture in my mind's eye as you were describing this what this would look and feel like you know are there sort of real windows out onto world showcase and future world and maybe some of those portal like star cruiser space 220 windows out to 
the, the city that never was that Walt had always dreamed it could be. So you do get a sense of the reality, the fantasy, the past, present, and future all combined into one location. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> I thought it would be cool because the more you read about the city and what the plans were and what it could have been, and you're so much, I so wish I would have lived there. Yeah, Maybe this would be a fun way to have a little glimpse and timely because then we can get into the nostalgia and history as we're celebrating Epcot's 40th birthday and kind of the whole Florida project idea. And uh, maybe we replay uh, Walt Disney's Epcot film that's somewhere in the lobby over and over in a loop so we can see it pointing out as he's pointing to the map and describing it and all that kind of stuff. I like it. So for the next one on my list, uh, I want to preface it by saying that not all of these need to be fancy sit-down restaurants. And I present to you, my friend, the Lucky Cat Cafe, (laughs) which I'm hoping you know is from Big Hero 6. Right. So Big Hero 6, remember... Hiro and Tadashi Hamada lived in San Francisco with their Aunt Cass, who runs the Lucky Cat Cafe, which I picture potentially, I, I don't know that I would put it in the Japan Pavilion, because I like the Japan Pavilion to stay just like that. But this is something that could exist in Disney's Hollywood Studios. It could exist in Disney Springs. And I imagine this being not just a, a coffee shop, but more like a Japanese tea shop with donuts and desserts and maybe even some of Cass's famous hot wings. I, I'm, I, I love, this is no, no shock, I love Japanese food and history and culture. I love, I'm a tea drinker. So you have this wide selection of, of matchas and senchas and gaiokuro teas and you can theme the restaurant just as if it came off that sort of corner, open glass walled, diner um you know with the, with the apartment upstairs i think it's timely because we know that the baymax series is coming to disney plus and spoiler alert at some point um he is going to be part of what's going on over at the lucky cat cafe so i think it it touches for me personally i love big hero 6 for a million different reasons it touches with not having to have this Huge, expensive sit-down restaurant, uh, super well-themed. I think something like this would be a huge hit in Disney Springs. My vote is for the Lucky Cat Cafe. I'm there. Nice. Love it. (laughs) Back to you, Dan. This is number seven, if I'm keeping somewhat track. This is my third. Yeah, three. uh, Yes. Okay. I am taking you guys... To the Tower of Terror. Tim's not coming. Oh, no. I'll tell you right now, Tim's not going to your stupid restaurant. No, no, but Timmy, you don't, <laughs> Timmy, you don't have to go on the ride. I'm kidding. I'm going. I'm with you. So I, your restaurant? I really okay. want to hear this. I love this idea already. I'm there. Okay. I'm there. I'll do it. This restaurant, every meal, every lunch, every dinner takes place on Halloween night, 1939. It The menu is going to be age specific to the date. Think oysters, Rockefeller, chilled soups, chops, um, all this old fashioned stuff. Your waiters and waitresses, cast members, 
similar to Victorian Albert, will either be called Scott or Zelda hmm. after the Fitzgeralds. There will be drama in the air. There will be Halloween masks. It'll always be night. There will be lightning and thunder outside. You will be served this anachronistic, amazing meal. And every time you go, it's the cusp. It's on the cusp of the events that happen in the ride itself. The theming will be very similar to the lobby of the Tower Hotel, sans the cobwebs. There will actually be two cast members who will be playing a chess game, which is similar from the, mm. the, the lobby. And they will be professional chess players whose goal is to have a stalemate. There will be old fashioned cocktails. Desserts will be flambés. This will be fancy time. However, you can come in shorts and flip-flops. Everyone else will be dressed, dressed rather fancy. There will be music playing, things foreboding in the air. Your servers as cast members will start complaining to you about the hotel, about its owner, about strange things that have been happening. They will say, whatever you do, don't get a job here. Don't go in the service elevator. Something bad is going to happen. You will leave with old-fashioned, flapper era, jazz era, wonderful Halloween masks. You will want to come back. So I dig this a lot, Dan. Uh, one, because not only do I love the Tower of Terror theme, the little bit of mystery and foreboding and horror, but I also love the era. I love the 30s and 40s. I love the... Ellington, Miller, Garland, Holiday, Armstrong music. I, I know, like, I'm an old man in that regard, but um, <laughs> I think this, too, again, because it's not something that would be scary on its face, is something that would be attractive to guests who maybe liked him, do not like him, <laughs> like the Tower of Terror. <clears throat> right, totally. Actually, I forgot that the music, it would be very, would be very important. It would, it would play those standards from the thirties and forties, which is iconic to the ride. And it would put you in an easy mood. Yeah. It wouldn't frighten you and the food would be good. It would just be uh, different. Um, maybe it would be labeled, you know, oysters Rockefeller, but instead it would just be, I don't know, a shrimp quesadilla. I'm not sure. <laughs> See, I was nervous. I was nervous. You were, and I'm there. I, despite what you say, Lou, I'm going with you too. All right, I'm. I'm. Maybe I don't go on the ride, but I'm definitely going to this restaurant. And I'm. I. I'm. I, I'm sure I'm going now because when you were talking, I was just a little nervous that you were going to implement your Splash Mountain idea into making it. You have to ride the Tower of Terror, and if you're dining at the restaurant, <laughs> your elevator will go to another place. And I was thinking, right, you're gonna you're me, you were going to make me go through that ordeal. But as long as we're cool there. No, I'm all about no. this. This is great. No, it's not obligatory to ride. You can just walk right in and you're, you know, you're in this scene from Halloween night, 1939. I like knowing uh, shorts and flip flops are welcome too. that was that was the best. <laughs> That's the best part. Let's see. Oh, gosh, I got three more. But I only have one turn. 
I think I'll do one and then, hey, there's, we're going to have honorable mentions, honorable right? Mentions. You that, of course. All right, let me do this one then. Thank God. <laughs> um, I thought we could have a, because we love them, we adore them, a figment imagination pavilion love themed it. dining nice. experience somewhere. Where are we going to put this? Can we put it upstairs? I don't know. That's what the engineers are for. Do we take over the Millennium Village building? I don't know. That's what the Imagineers are for. But <clears throat> I was thinking for theming for this restaurant, we actually go back to the original version of the attraction. Amen. And if we and if we have different themed areas, instead of going sight and sound and, and tickle and touch and whatever all those were all about, but we do like an art area, literature areas, science areas and all that. But the decor, it would be colorful and zany. Uh, some of it, if not all of it, would be like you're in Figment's house, not necessarily upside down, because that's a little tough to eat when you're hanging upside down. But I think it would be really cool if you if they had a lot of opportunities for you to flex your creativity during your dining experience. And that can be as simple as having tablecloths you can draw on and contribute to something they had at the uh, Festival of the Arts recently which i think would be really cool and again the particulars of how you do this we leave to much smarter people than i but if you had uh, murals at some place either in the waiting area or in the the dining room itself where you could go up there paint by number and you can contribute anytime so over the course of the day or the week or whatever this these murals these paintings get created by uh, the people that are dying there and you can see this come to life. So, and uh, Hey, how about for dessert? You have a, like an artist's palette, like their version of the kitchen sink it would be like a big artist palette. You come out with all kinds of different uh, toppings and colors and everything. And you can uh, paint, create your own desserts. As, as far as food goes, I was going to go, do we go really imaginative and wacky like purple macaroni and cheese? And I thought, man, it's kind of getting a little ew and disgusting, but maybe have fun. You have deconstructed cheeseburgers, upside down spaghetti meatballs, just all kinds of weird stuff like that um, to where it's fun and it's it's crazy. It's it's familiar food, but it's got a twist on it. And and who knows? Maybe you have the dream catcher itself in the middle of the room beeping and, and you know, puffing smoke and all kinds of stuff during your meal. But I think as much as they can have you, the guest, be part of the story, be part of the creativity yourself and contribute to everything you see around you, that would be cool. Like they've done, there's some, uh, I guess, I haven't been there, but restaurants on some Disney cruises that start like that. Like uh, there's an artist one where it's, doesn't it start like black and white and over the course of your meal, it becomes colorful and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So just uh, stuff like that. Hey, and maybe the entrance is the rainbow tunnel you walk through to get in. Ooh. There you go. I, I love that one. Um, it, it was I just wrote the word imagination on my honorable mention list because I I wanted to incorporate the character and concept without sort of flushing out a full idea. So I think it would be the perfect addition to Epcot Future World uh, and that pavilion. And I think that there's from a practical pers perspective. There's actually space to go ahead and, and do that. Mm -hmm. For me, something that I knew that had to be on the list, it, this actually took me some time to really try and think it out. I didn't want to just say, oh, I want to have this idea. I don't know what it's going to look like. 
And I think I may have figured it out. Because when we think about uh, themed character, IP-inspired dining experiences, especially because of what we've seen happen on the Star Cruiser, what we've seen happen in Avengers Campus, in other themed locations overseas, assuming all licensing is okay, we want, we need, we have to have some sort of Marvel-themed dining experience here. And so I present to you the Marvel Superhero Diner. Now, again, I come from Jersey, where diners are a thing, and it's not here in Florida, but a diner is just basically, it's a small, casual, informal restaurant that usually has, like, a 17-page menu. Um, a, a lot of them, especially early on, were sort of made from or meant to look like railroad cars. This doesn't have to necessarily be like that. This is a concept I actually found out was... Uh, actually tried in Universal Hollywood back in 1998 for just about a year. It was like this weird mashup of Marvel and Planet Hollywood having a baby calling Marvel (laughs) Mania. And it really was just like props from the world of Marvel. Um, We're getting something on the Disney Wish. We're going to get this Worlds of Marvel dining experience. Like Again, with a a Frozen dinner show, Star Wars Hyperspace Lounge. But I wanted something that feels like it came right out of a comic book and or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the reason why I chose the diner is this is going to be something themed to and specifically placed in not just the Northeast, but in New York, because there are so many like, like prominent Marvel characters that live and work and do their superhero thing in New York. Spider-Man, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Captain America from Brooklyn, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher, Iron Fist, which all, by the way, are coming over to Disney+. Plus. Iron Man, remember the first Avengers Tower was in this city. Cloak and Dagger, Fantastic Four, Moon Knight, Miles Morales. Like, there is a lot of character inspiration and story inspiration to draw from. So... It could be something as simple as this themed diner slash cafe all the way up to something that is more of an interactive dinner theater restaurant with two hour long shows like like a hoopty do. I want to see something more than a pim test kitchen, um, but somewhere in. But I think having this be this casual come and go, maybe even no reservation required type dining diner experience would be perfect and i even have the location for it and it's already built because sitting in disney springs empty and abandoned is the nba experience which just received a very big very expensive and extensive build out so infrastructure is already there again forgetting the practicalities and of the licensing you know uh that Disney does or does not have access to, but the Marvel-themed superhero diner, themed after that New York-style diner right there in Disney Springs, so you don't even need a park ticket, for me would be the perfect place, the perfect venue, the perfect dining experience. Oh, I am am so there. Actually had on my, when I'm at one of my honorable mentions on my list, I don't know where you put it, 
I want to go to that shawarma joint a couple blocks away and just, you know, try it out. Come, let's go to Avengers Campus in Disneyland and I will buy you shawarma. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I love that. All right. So I actually, Lou. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I have a diner. I have a competing diner, unfortunately. It's, a, it's not but, a competing diner. It's more like a, a complimentary diner. There's room, <laughs> Look, there's room for everybody. Go to Route 9 Listen, in, in Middlesex County. There's no such thing as competing diners because there's no, I know. on every I, other block. I grew up in New York City, and there was a diner called the Skyline on 73rd and Lexington. The kitchen was maybe 80, 80 square feet that the two chefs in there were bumping backs, bumping elbows. The menu, as you described, legitimately was close to seven pages that laminated plastic. Right. Yep. Um, they had everything. Everything came out perfectly. It, you saw taxi drivers and police guys at night, policemen at night. I just went there with my family. It was like we're, it was like our Starbucks in the 70s and 80s. Right. You got stuff done there. You did work. You got you spoke. It was cheap. It was quick. It was right. amazing. And, and there's booths and there's tables and there's the counter. Like you sit right at the counter and the cook just sort of yeah. like put your food right up there for you. Right. And there's always like a coconut cream pie fresh <laughs> right there for some reason. Man, man, oh, man. Am I up or are we on, on to honorable mentions? So I think we, I think we can sort of hit our you can sort of lump your number one unless you have sort of a major number one you want to throw down. You can, you know, I, I have a quick one. Sure. I have a quick one. Okay. You might not like this. This is a, a go with me, boys. Sorry. <laughs> I love All it already. Right. Okay. We're going to bring to Tomorrowland, the Magic Kingdom, a healthy choice, which is the Orange Bird Cafe. <laughs> Ooh. This will be energetic smoothies. This will be some salads. The orange bird as a character will be present. Um, this will be a place that if you are vegan or any of that stuff, you can go. You can get um, all sorts of things. You can get ginger infused drinks. You can get wonderful, probably the world's best fresh orange juice. There will be a plethora of orange bird inspired merch. There will be beautiful lighting. It will, and there will be sort of futuristic messages about your intestinal health <laughs> delivered by the orange bird himself. This will be- Mom, can we go see the intestinal health pavilion? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I thought uh, that, I, I honestly like, there are times when I'm in, in in Disney World where I want a I want a smoothie. I don't want coffee. I don't want soda. I want to, you know, it's early. I want a smoothie. I want that to be my breakfast. Yo, Greek yogurt based something, protein powders, stuff like I think that. The Orange Bird I, smoothie, it, I think the Orange Bird smoothie stand works. I think uh, I love it. I like the. I, believe it or not, I actually have eaten healthy food in the past. You would not know if I looked <laughs> no. at me. So I you look great. You it. look great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think you could put this in Adventureland, right? Tie into the whole origin. Oh, of orange yeah. Bird himself put a an orange bird smoothie stand um, in Adventureland. So no, I'm sorry. Else, you're right. Anything else on your honorable mention list? I do have one more. And this is a credit to my friend. Uh, 
Richard Adams, who coined the phrase nosh nostalgia. This would be <laughs> I like it. <laughs> this would be a, a restaurant where you would dine. It would be a diner. This is the competing diner. You would dine on diner food uh, from the 50s, 60s, 70s, etc. However, here's the twist. You would your table would be an extant ride like Mr. Toad, uh, 20,000 Leagues, Journey to Imagination. Any ride that has been retired would become your vehicle. I mean, your table. And there would be a nostalgic menu and there would be a gift shop. Bottom line, <laughs> there would be a gift shop where you would be able to purchase um, you know, nostalgic uh, souvenirs from those rides because we all, as Disney fans, we miss those rides. We love them. And this would be a way to nosh <laughs> nostalgia. I just love the name. I, I stopped like listening. it. I stopped listening after no, the, the idea. Is I soft, just like, the... right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like nostalgia. Somebody's going to, yeah. somebody's going to uh, pick up on that. Um, Tim, what about you? What, what <laughs> I are love your honorable mention or honorable mentions? Um, well, I got a couple of them, so I'll go through these. So since we're going to move the, <laughs> I can't get over the intestinal uh, goodwill of, <laughs> of the sorry orange. guys. No, no, I love that. But since we're going to move that over to Adventureland, I think it's a good idea. Tomorrowland, this should be easy to do. We're going to have some sushi in Tomorrowland because we're going to put Harry Housens in there. Yes. And, you don't, and you, don't, you don't have to go too far to look at the theme. You can just recreate what was in the movie <laughs> and um, add some stuff. It'll give you so much fun that the. Now, I don't know if you go literally from the menu that really was Harryhausen's in the movie, Terrible Terry, Yucky and Icky Ishikart. You can have fun <laughs> with that. But, uh, you know, I I do want um, blueberry slobbler and green tea ice cream <laughs> for dessert. And for for those who want, you got your sake, hot sake, flaming sake. But that would be that would be so much cool. And obviously, you can connect it with Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor and all that kind of stuff. So ready to go the other one i thought Probably this like that be... exact thing was on my list as well really yep. okay I'm with you. well so. it's sushi i figured it you had, it had to, be to be in there somewhere so uh <clears throat> uh the other one i had uh, again the practicalities i don't even know if this is possible but if, if there's room in the tree of life i don't know if there is but if not build something <laughs> i say recreate the bug bar from a bug's life just like we have Ogus Cantina in Galaxy's Edge. You go in, you hang out. The, the, the tables are bottle caps like they are in the movie. If they can recreate in real life, I don't know how they would do it, but the idea of your beverage comes in this big bubble that you can suck it from like a water drop. I don't know how you would do that, but that would be that would be a lot of fun. Um, and have fun with the dessert. You, dessert, you could have like a those mud pies you make with the cookie crumbles and the gummy worms and all of that kind of stuff. You have itsy bitsy spider playing in the background. The circus bugs perform. It could be a whole thing. I, no I do. Poo -poo platter, this is going to come as a shocker know. to you. I have a few honorable mentions, but I'm going to really? go through them. Yeah. Sit back, relax, but I'm going to go through them very quickly. I promise. I just got off the Disney magic where they have a Rapunzel themed restaurant. I would love a snuggly duckling lounge somewhere in Walt Disney World. They do an amazing 
tangled show there. I imagine the characters and the music and and the sing-along and the fun that you can have in there. I also love the classic classics. Like, to me, Aladdin, for a lot of people, is going to be a classic classic. I love that film. I imagine converting the now-empty restaurant Marrakesh into an Arabian Nights and Days restaurant. You've got a huge space, that great sort of dance floor area in the middle that you can have a show, you can have kids get up and dance, whatever. You also don't get to see the Aladdin characters other than Jasmine very much. So I imagine Aladdin and Abu and and Jasmine and Genie coming out for this wonderful theatrical type experience. A film that I have for years hoped and wished and dreamed would have more of a presence in the parks. Might not combine my two loves of food and Wally. Maybe a little by and large owned and operated restaurant, cafe, snack stand somewhere in Tomorrowland. Maybe you do something cool where you have these little robot robot AI type characters or servers. You could have, if you have tables, maybe um, you order by using these interactive screens at your table without a server having to come over unless you have a special need, etc. And these little robot things sort of just bring your trays over to you. Somehow, some way, Wally in the parks. Um, I mentioned my love of tea and Alice in Wonderland popped into my mind and this sort of this themed, maybe a, a tea experience, almost like the um, the tea at the Grand Floridian, but maybe not something as um, formal or fanciful. Um, it could be sort of this ongoing unbirthday party you could even, maybe you maybe you do make it something that is this one hour two hour long themed experience multiple times throughout the days. Um, Monsieur Paul in France, just go ahead and convert it over to Gusto's. It just makes all the sense in yes. the world. And I want to mm. resurrect somewhat of an abandoned concept that I hope I, I still believe in my heart of hearts that we are going to get more Muppets in Walt Disney World especially with some things that have been happening or that are coming. The Great Gonzo's Pandemonium Pizza Parlor, we talked about it on past episodes where we talked about the Muppets and Lost Concepts over at Disney's Hollywood Studios where Gonzo and Rizzo would be running this pizza parlor where animatronic Muppet rats would be delivering pizza by using this train track system. Um, There'd be video clips. There'd be Pandemonium, obviously, in the kitchen, props on walls and gags. there was actually, you know, there was actually another concept called the Hard Luck Cafe that was pitched for um, the, the park, sort of based on the Hard Rock Cafe, but it was themed around Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, which, <laughs> by the way, is coming to Disney Plus in the new Muppets Mayhem um, uh, series. So the space that was originally intended for this restaurant became Mama Melrose. Obviously, now we have Rizzo's, uh, Pizza Rizzo, but maybe there's a way to sort of convert Pizza Rizzo's into something a little bit more fun and fanciful with the great Gonzo's Pandemonium Pizza Parlor. So Ooh. I said I was going to go quick. I went as quick as I could with my... <laughs> because when you start thinking about these, this is part of the fun, right? It really does get your creative juices flowing and anything is on the table. And it's interesting sort of where we all pulled from, whether it was the parks or the movies 
Marvel, you know, there was. It's funny there was no sort of mention of anything Star Wars. There wasn't a lot of Pixar mention. But that's why I want to sort of present this idea to you, our friend who's been sitting here listening with us. What would you like to see? What is the themed dining concept that you would love to see? I'm giving you unlimited budget. I'm giving you sort of unlimited engineering freedom to pick what you would like. I would love to hear your thoughts, and you can let me know by posting. I'll post this question over in the clubhouse at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. That is our group over on Facebook. You could also email me, lou at www.radio.com, but better yet, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Leave a voicemail. Let me hear it. Let me hear exactly what your concept would be like. Uh, gentlemen, of all the things that we were that we mentioned, from all three of us, if there was one that you wish tomorrow could come to life, whether it was yours or somebody else's, what do you think it would be? I would do some version of our Tiana's place. I think I just, I love that cuisine. I love the vibe. Um, I think it's needed there. Having gone to Disneyland and enjoyed uh, Blue Bayou, I just would love it in Disney World. Uh, for me, uh, I, you didn't even get halfway through the pitch for this episode and I went Haunted Mansion. So it would absolutely be Haunted Mansion to the point where I'm even going to recreate that in my own house somehow. I'm going to do this. <laughs> if you but do, I want that Wally restaurant. I love that Wally restaurant. I do, so. Yeah. And at, look, at, at the end of the day, this is just a, a fun thing to sort of conceptualize and play around with, which is why I'm so curious to hear what you listening um, has to think and what sort of ideas we never even came across that are probably going to give us some of those aha moments as well. And then of course, please go and visit Tim Foster and all the good stuff that he's doing. Tim, you got a lot of stuff going on. You got celebrations magazine guide to the magic, the podcast pins. I don't even know what else you're up to. I'll tell you what, what, we still have plenty of our 50th anniversary collectors books available with the pins and Lou. I am working on a new book about Epcot. It's going to be out in time for Epcot's 40th anniversary. Every attraction, all the history, all that fun stuff. So big, big announcement there. So lots of stuff. I'm kind of busy these days. That um, that again, we talk about the nostalgia and the sentiment. I know that's going to touch a lot of people in a lot of places. You can find all of Tim Foster's stuff over at Celebrations Press. Dot com and uh, Daniel Roberts, you too, my friend, have also been busy doing stuff. Tell people if they want to where they can find you and and some of the stuff you've been working on too. Well, I'm I'm a, a venture capitalist, but avocationally, I've written my first novel, which is called Barmaid, which is a uh, sort of a dark romantic comedy. It was a USA Today bestseller. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> and you can find it on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Barmaid by Daniel Roberts. Um, if you like it, uh, leave a good review. And actually, I'm going to send you one, Lou, shortly. Awesome. And I will link to that and all of Tim Foster's good stuff in the show notes over at wdwradio.com. Daniel Roberts, thank you for the idea. Thank you for your incredible generosity to the Dream Team Project. And Tim Foster, thank you for just being you, brother. Uh, Am I the only one that's starving, by the way? Am I the only one? No. And do you know it's Pi Day today? Oh, really? That's right. It's Pi Day. 
Yep, I know where I'm going now. Tim Foster, I've said right. for you, it looks like everything. <laughs> ah! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where you can test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history, see how well you know the details and what you see, hear, or remember, and if you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. This week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you, because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you literally help bring every episode of WW Radio to life, every live broadcast from the parks and home studios, the contests and giveaways, they're all thanks to, by, for, and because of you. And you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar per month and get cool exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests, group video calls, access to our private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages, and much more. And of course, a portion of your contribution goes to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. I want to quickly thank some new and longtime members, including Sarah Spencer, Hamad, Kerry Tams, Thomas Franklin, and Oscar Garcia. To learn more and find out how you can become a member of the nation, visit www.radionation.com. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week was all about our time on the Galactic Star Cruiser, and so I asked you to tell me what is the name of the intergalactic cruise line that, according to story, built the Halcyon? Thanks to all of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that the answer, of course, was the Chandrilla Starline, which is a company that operated luxury cruises in the edges of the galaxy since the early days of hyperspace. The line promises and delivers on both comfort and adventure and brings travelers to the fringes of the Outer Rim territories, like Batu, from other regions. Now, some of you also gave the Carillion Engineering Company as an answer. I took that as correct as well. And so I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. And last week, you weren't playing for the WW Radio pin and keychain, although I am going to throw some WW Radio swag in your bag as well. But what you were playing for is a Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser prize right off the Halcyon, which, spoiler alert, may or may not include one of the very cool exclusive pins that they sell only aboard the Halcyon. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Mario Vasquez. So, Mario, congratulations. I have your address. We'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, your question is simple. Tell me, where in Walt Disney World have you heard this phrase? If you'd like to join our jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. That's it. Tell me where in Walt Disney World you can or could hear that phrase. You have until Sunday, March 20th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Use the form there. Once again, you're going to play for a WW Radio pin, keychain, stickers, and bonus surprise mystery prize. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and spending and sharing your time with me. I'd love to hear your thoughts about our top 10 list this week or your idea for a themed restaurant in Walt Disney World. Come be part of the community and conversation. Talk about this or anything in the Disney, Marvel, or Star Wars world over at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello. And be sure to like and turn on notifications on the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash WW Radio. 
And join us every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live on Facebook as we talk, walk, tour, ride, and sometimes eat in the parks or share my top five live Disney Plus pick of the week. What's new and news in Walt Disney World, your questions, calls, and more. And if you want to talk spoilers from Marvel, Disney, Star Wars, join our spoiler support group at www.radio.com slash spoilers. Visit our events page at www.radio.com slash events to find out about our next meet of the month coming up in Walt Disney World, which will be the weekend of March 26th. Again, go to the events page on our Facebook page or on the WW Radio website for time, location, details. It is fun. It is free. Come by yourself. Bring the entire family. And also check out some of our other group events, including our cruises. We have our August 1st inaugural cruise on the Disney Wish. That is sold out, but we're taking names on a wait list. If you can't make that, our December 5th Very Merry Time cruise on the Disney Wish. And our April 15th Disney Fantasy 8-Night Overnight in Bermuda and Bahamian Cruise from Port Canaveral on the Disney Fantasy. Go to www.radio.com cruise to get a free no-obligation quote from our friends over at Mouse Fan Travel. Speaking of which, huge thanks to Becky Mankin and the entire team over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider for more than 15 years. It's who I use, it's who I recommend, because it's who I trust. I know how important your vacations are to you and your family, and I know that that's how your Mouse Fan Travel advisor is going to treat you like family, not just to get you the best possible price and all available discounts, but to answer your questions and help you before during and after your vacation, not just to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or Disney Cruise Line or Alani, but any destination on the planet. You can find out more and get a free new obligation quote by visiting mousefantravel.com. And speaking of thanks, I am incredibly grateful to you for not just listening and your friendship and love and support, but the opportunities and life that you have given me. So in return, I would like to try and help you, whether it is turning what you love into what you do and pursuing your dream and passion with one-on-one coaching, being part of our weekly mastermind group, or attending my weekend workshop or weekend retreat in Walt Disney World, or by coming to speak to your conference, your event, your business, or your school. You can find out more by visiting lumangelo.com. And finally, my friend, and you are my friend, and I mean that whether we have met yet or not, and all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let other people know about it by sharing a link to this or your favorite episode and maybe even explaining why you think they should listen and would enjoy the show. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show. You can now leave a quick rating over in Spotify Podcasts and rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Sam Gels, who said, this is the best podcast I've ever heard. I love the host. He's very good at interviewing people. Thank you. And Red Frags has great Disney info from somebody who's become a friend. I love the podcast. Luke covers all aspects of Disney, from the parks to movies and cruises and ABD, and of course, to food. Listening to Lou is like listening to a friend, and if you follow him on social, he does, in fact, quickly become a friend. Very grateful for the in-depth touch of Disney, especially as I live outside of the U.S. and can't get to the parks often enough. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Red Frag. And most importantly, thank you. Your time, your support your friendship, your creating this incredible community, not just on social, because the WW Radio Clubhouse isn't just a group on Facebook, but is a true community and family in every sense of the word. And please always remember to choose the good and find the good in everything and everyone that you see and encounter. And always remember one thing. If it makes you happy, it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. And it doesn't matter if it's your Disney fandom, your guilty pleasure TV show, your guilty pleasure hamburger, 
As long as it makes you happy and doesn't hurt anybody else, that's all that matters. And remember that if you spread positivity, positivity will spread. I hope that this is truly your best week ever. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. I love and appreciate you. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou. This is Brian from St. Augustine, Florida. Just wanted to uh, wish you congratulations on your anniversary. And that, uh, what a ride, brother. It's awesome. Very proud of you. Just wanted to add, without WDW Radio, um, my deployment overseas would have been a little more difficult than what it was. Just wanted to say thank you. Anytime I ever felt homesick and I wasn't able to talk to my family, I was able to uh, listen to the podcast, just relax, close my eyes, and get away for a little bit. So I just wanted to appreciate, I just wanted you to uh, let you know I appreciate that. So thank you very much, and thank you for everybody else who listens. Here's to many more, and uh, love you, brother. Thank you. Hi, Lou. This is Catherine from Massachusetts. Uh, I've called you before, but not in a long time. Um, I love to listen to the show with my son. He is now 12, and he's been listening with me since he was about six. In fact, he left a comment on the voicemail that you played on show 500, so that was very exciting for him. But uh, yesterday, I'm sad to say, he broke his arm skiing. And obviously it was a rough day, and this morning we were kind of, you know, taking things slow, and I said to him, would you like me to turn on some music? You want me to turn on a show? And he said, could we listen to Lou? And (laughs) so I had to call and tell you that. I know you say you don't uh, read the reviews before you read them aloud, and I don't know if you listen to these before you play them aloud, and I promise I'm not trying to make you cry, but I almost did, because I don't know if you realize just how much better you make our days sometimes, and our particular favorites are Top Tens with Tim and Listener Emails with Becky. That's what he chose today. We went back and downloaded an old uh, listener emails with Becky that he hadn't heard before. And we listened to that, and it made our day better. So I wanted you to know that because it matters. What you do really matters. So thank you, and I hope I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. It's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. Just finished listening to the most recent episode. Firstly, Lou, congrats on 15 years. That is absolutely wild in all the best ways possible. And secondly, to finish your sentence, WGW Radio has made me be more, I'd say, myself. Um, now I call into a radio and just talk to a voicemail, but I know I'm also talking to you guys. And I have just fully leaned into being the crazy Disney person that most people come across, like I'm sure many of us are in our own little communities and in our own little worlds. So, yeah, you've made me more comfortable in just sort of being that person and leaning into the magic and sharing my love for Disney with other people and being like, you know, hey, this is cool. It's not a nerdy thing. So, um, yeah, it's made me more of an open person in general. And, yeah, I can't appreciate uh, more all the work that you do, all of the new things that you share with us, and all the new knowledge that you teach us as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Hope everyone's having a magical Monday. I'll talk to you all real soon. Bye.